We meet today in Psalm chapter 76 to 78. Psalm 76 is a prophecy of the Messiah upon the throne. These Psalms are not only the word of God, but their arrangement is actually very important. There is a message that develops in each series of the Psalms. You recall that Psalm 74 was a cry for help. We heard words like, Arise, O God. Psalm 75 was a song of thanks for God's deliverance out of the clutches of the northern power. They couldn't get help from the east or west or south, and the north was where their trouble was coming from. The enemy will come from the north to invade the land of Israel, which we believe will be during the Great Tribulation period. Now Psalm 76 shows the Lord Jesus Christ reigning in his kingdom as king-priest, the true Melchizedek. Man on this earth is in subjection to him. Psalm 76 verse 1 to verse 2. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Well, Salem is the ancient name for Jerusalem, and it means the habitation of peace. Four geographical places are actually mentioned here. Judah, Israel, Salem, and Zion. They are all in Israel, in the Middle East. The fact that this psalm has a blessing for us lies in its application, but not necessarily in its interpretation. And I believe that all the scripture is for us. So let us look at what the Psalms say and apply what can help us as we understand it also in its context. Psalm 76 verse 3. There he broke the arrows of the bow, the shield and sword of battle, Sila. Now this is the day the prophet spoke of when he said, shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore, as quoted in Isaiah 2 verse 4. You see, my friend, until the Lord Jesus reigns, you had better not apply even this verse as it is applied today to the United Nations because it doesn't fit there. Isaiah is speaking about peace that will come to this earth when Christ comes back until the sin of the human heart is either dealt with in redemption or judgment. There can never be peace on the earth. The United Nations won't achieve it. The African Union won't achieve peace because the heart of man is utterly corrupt. Psalm 76 verse 4. You are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The mountains of prey, my friend, refer to Jerusalem. That city has been besieged many, many times. It has certainly been a mountain of prey. The enemies have been there many times. 
Yet the Lord is going to judge the arrogant and the proud who have walked on this earth and those who have come against the city of Jerusalem. The stout-hearted were plundered. They sunk into their sleep, and none of the mighty men have found the use of their hands. Psalm 76, verse 5. Now, observe a few words from that verse. They have sunk into their sleep. That is an interesting expression. How can you do that? It means that the stout-hearted were no longer alert or aware. The Apostle Paul writes that the whole world lies asleep in the arms of the wicked one. In First John chapter 5, verse 19. You see, my friend, the devil doesn't want the world to wake up. The devil wants the world to keep asleep in its arms and lead everyone to destruction. You will also notice that none of them, none of the men of power have found the use of their hands. Waking out of sleep, they were like the Midianites in the days of Gideon. When they were awakened by the sound of trumpets and saw the lights, they knew they had been taken. We read in Judges 7 verse 21, And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Psalm 76 verse 6, At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and the horse were cast into a deep sleep. You see, when the Lord comes again at his rebuke, both the chariot and the horse will be brought down into a deep sleep. At that time, the Lord will shine forth gloriously. And that is where it applies when Isaiah speaks in chapter 60, verse 1. He speaks of that day and says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, we sometimes sing a song with these words at Christmas. Actually, this verse has no fulfillment at Christmas, at the birth of Christ. It will actually be fulfilled when the Lord Jesus comes again to this earth. It will be a great day, but it is still in the future. Isaiah 4 verse 5 tells us more about this day, and we hear, Then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and above her assemblies, a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. The glory that will be there will be the person of Christ. That has not yet been experienced. The day of vengeance of our God will come then. We read, You yourself are to be feared. You who may stand and who may stand in your presence when once you are angry, you caused judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to judgment to deliver all the oppressed of the earth, Selah. Psalm 76 verse 7 to verse 9. Actually in Revelation chapter 6 verse 17, John says, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? My friend, when the Lord comes again to this earth, all things are going to be put under his feet. No one will be able to stand. He will come as the judge. Surely the wrath of men shall praise you, with the remainder of wrath, 
you shall gird yourself. Psalm 76 verse 10. You see, God says that he lets men go only so far, but not very far. However, during the great tribulation, it seems that the Lord will remove all restraint and even let men go to the limit. Today, man is being restricted. The restrainer, of course, we know is the Holy Spirit. Who else can restrain evil in this world today? God is going to make the wrath of man to praise him. Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all who are around him bring presents to him who ought to be feared. Psalm 76 verse 11. You see the satanic raging against God and against his anointed. He will restrain. And as Psalm 110 verse 3 puts it. Your people. And that is referring to God. Your people shall be willing in the day of your power. You see, his people vow and pay their vows. The Gentile nations are in submission to him. And we read Psalm 72, verse 10 to verse 11. For the kings of Tashish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. That will be a glorious day. And what a wonderful day it will be. We move on to Psalms chapter 77. It is a psalm that talks of the perplexity about the mercy and goodness of God. This psalm is to the chief musician, to Jedutan, a psalm of Asaph. Now you remember that Jedutan was the chief musician. Asaph wrote this psalm for him, either to play or to sing. It reveals a time of deep soul-searching because of the perplexity in the minds of the people in that day. Faith has its problems, but faith can find the solution. The answer again is in the sanctuary of the Lord. History reveals that God does not forget and again, you see the sanctuary featuring because we are in the Levitical section of the Psalms. Psalm 77 verse 1 to verse 2. I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. My friend, a good time to seek the Lord is in the day of trouble, not even in the day of good things. It is well to cry to the Lord in the time of trouble. God will hear you. When you are in trouble, you can go to him. He is real, not because I say it or because it is written here, but because I know it also out of my personal experience, I call to the Lord in my day of trouble. He has already told us to test of the Lord and see whether he is good or not. Try this thing out, my friend. Here is another wonderful thing that he did. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Psalm 77 verse 6. It is a wonderful thing to be able to sing even in the night. 
I don't mean that you sing out loud and wake up everyone and cause those who are sleeping peacefully not to find sleep. No, but to call on the Lord and sing and make music in your heart. Your personal relationship with the Lord actually develops sometimes in those dark night hours. I call to remembrance my song in the night. The night is the time when you wake up and worry. Problems loom large. Everything in the dark looks bigger than it really is. That is the time to remember your song in the night. He gives us a song even in the night. Now, the psalmist raises some perplexing questions. Listen to them. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has his anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. Psalm 77 verse 7 to verse 9. Now, these questions are very interesting and some wonderful words are also in it. The word translated mercy in verse 8 is actually the Hebrew term cheesed. This kind of mercy is far more than a feeling of pity. No, it has to do with faithfulness to a commitment or to a covenant. Thus, when Asaph asks rhetorically whether God has forgotten to be gracious or whether he has cut off his tender mercies, he is asking a question that expects no for an answer. God's mercies never ends. Regardless of what you have done, God wants to be good to you. The grace of the Lord, his mercies are new every morning and he is faithful indeed. Psalm 77 verse 13. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Now you will remember that as we begin this Leviticus section of the book of Psalms, I pointed out that it is called such because it is anchored in the sanctuary, the holy of holies. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. That is a reminder to us today who are believers not to forsake actually the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, when we read in Hebrews 10 verse 25, we must learn to come together. We are joined together today and we should meet with God's people. God does not want you and me to go off in a corner and enjoy the word of God by ourselves. We are to share the word of God with others so that we can grow together. We are in the family of God and will have to share the word of God and the blessings with each other. In any case, we who have grown up in on the African continent, knowing how to make fire, a wood will not burn brightly, a fire will not grow bigger when it is only lit by one stick. You need to put all the sticks together and then they make a blazing fire that warms people, that cooks the food. We need to come together as God's family. Therefore, the way of God is in the sanctuary. If you are going to find the answers to your questions, you will have to meet with God's people, my friend. Bible-believing churches still at work today. 
If you attend a church where the word of God is preached and taught, you should fellowship there and grow with the congregation. You will find the answer to many of your questions. The way in which the devil works is actually subtle, my friend. His attack today is not a frontal one. He attacks the man who stands sometimes in the word of God, who stands for the word of God, standing there in the pulpit. And therefore, this is something for which we should take note of, that we go to where the word of God is preached and taught faithfully. Now here is a sin that has to do with the sea. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you. They were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was in the sea. Your path in the great waters. And your footsteps were not known. Psalm 77, verse 16 to verse 19. This is very tremendous. And this passage refers specifically to God's leading the children of Israel across the Red Sea. Verse 20 of chapter 77 of Psalm says, You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. My friend, this is an application for us. God is able to deliver his people today from the flood tide of atheism, of lawlessness, of immorality, of corruption, of religious pluralism. Whatever it may be, God is able to lead his people. What a great loving shepherd he is. We move on to Psalm 78, and Psalm 78 is actually a psalm talking of the history of Israel all the way from Moses to David. This extensive psalm actually has 72 verses. It is illustrative of Israel's practice of passing from one generation to the next, a record of God's incomparable works on their behalf. In light of his goodness to them, remembrance and obedience to God's law are the only proper responses. Psalm 78 is a psalm called a musical of Asaph, a psalm of instruction covering Israel's history from Egypt to the time of David. In it, we see the failure of the people and the faithfulness of God. It is a wonderful psalm and it calls upon God to hear and answer. We will not be able to read all the verses of this psalm, but I will hit on the highlights. First, we see the call of God to his people. He asks his people to listen to him. Listen to this. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Psalm 78 verse 1. Now, this is a long psalm. And we can only hit the high points. But I urge you actually to read the entire psalm in your Bible. It will bless your heart. You can see God's invitation coming. Psalm 78 verse 9 to verse 10. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk 
in his law. This is a direct reference to when Ephraim did not go to battle and God took note of it. In a larger sense, Ephraim is typical of the conduct of all Israel and all of God's people. It was Israel then. It is the church today. And the faithful God has not changed. Psalm 78 verse 17 to 19. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking for food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? You see, other versions will say they vexed God. They doubted God. They did not believe God. Let me translate this a little different to bring out the meaning. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking food according to their desire. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, this presents the type of unbelief that is seen actually among believers today. Even though we believe God, even though we may go before God and pray, but deep down in our hearts, we doubt God. Can he turn our difficulties around? Can he prepare food in our wilderness? What needed to have happened for the children of Israel is to believe in the affirmative and say, yes, God is able to prepare a table in the wilderness. It is a practical atheism on the part of God's people that we see today, that religiously outwardly, but inwardly, we do not believe that God will turn our situation around. Now notice what God did. 78 verse 25. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. You see, when they were doubting, and God responded by giving them food, yet they still do not believe today. But we are told that they were given angels' food. Angels' food is better translated food of the mighty. Men did eat the food of the mighty. He sent them food to the full. Angels' food refer to the manna that was provided for the Israelites in the wilderness. We read that in Exodus chapter 16 verse 12 to verse 15. God gave them all that they needed, yet they were doubting God and even criticizing him. This psalm of instruction concludes with this allusion to David. Psalm 78 verse 70 to verse 72. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that had young. He brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. This is wonderful. David is a type of him who is in David's line, the Lord Jesus Christ, David's son. 
God was faithful to them and he is faithful to us today, my friend. If you like, Psalm 78 is like a long voyage over a stormy sea. At best, the history of Israel is a checkered one. But the psalmist has intended that the last stanza of this lengthy psalm should show that through all the chastenings and the disciplines and the rebellions of Israel, God's plan has not been deterred or altered. God will establish a kingdom over which Christ Jesus, the prince of the house of David, will rule. God has not cast away his people Israel, as evidenced even in Romans chapter 11. He has not cast them away. He will not cast you away if you are his child. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.